Welcome to State Road 49, an audio program that shares extraordinary stories from everyday people. My name is Aaron Freienberger, and we'd like to thank you for coming back. We're always looking for new and interesting stories to bring you, and sometimes they deal with tough topics. If you are sensitive to this issue, we would like to give you this fair warning. Today's episode pertains to attempted suicide. If you or someone you know is depressed or are having suicidal thoughts, remember, suicide is not the answer. Seek help, and we'll give you more info at the end of this episode. And here we go. I will tell you, I, I, I suffered from depression since I was a kid. I struggled in school. Uh, I think everybody says that, but uh, I got these learning curves, you know. It's just teachers always told my parents, I remember they pulled me in, and I'm sitting there and uh, telling my mom, hey, you better get him into sports because he's not going to amount to anything. And I, was, I remember him telling me that, and I was like, should I be in the room? I remember that conversation, and, and uh, you know, it was a trickle effect of in the garage. It wasn't just about my wife or what she did to me. Every failure, everything came rushing back in that garage. It wasn't just the marriage. I felt like I failed. I did something wrong to bring this on. I turned everything around, and it was my fault. And uh, I think childhood things, people I hurt, I think it all just, everything came back. And uh, I think she was just the breaking point. That was it. In uh, 1997, I got married. I dated the girl for uh, mm, four years almost, I guess. And uh, it all started, I guess, at the reception, you know. She, uh, she went to a bachelorette party, and uh, and I guess uh, she went to the casino boat. They call it a, a boat, you know, back in St. Louis. But uh, uh, she went there, and she gambled, and she won about $8,000. So during our wedding, a friend came up to me and told me, hey, congratulations on the money you won. And she goes, I didn't win no money. And I looked at her, I guess he was kind of shocked. He goes, there are pictures in the paper. And I said, did you win money? And she said, no. But, you know, we got married, honeymoon, came back. Me and her dad, was tight niche, you know, we uh, we fished all the time, you know, and uh, it was like six months later after we were married, I guess, uh, I started seeing changes and stuff. Uh, saw her staying out late while I'm at home. I worked nights at the time. She would be getting home when I got home at 4.30 in the morning, and I knew something was up. 
I kind of asked her, I go, hey, uh, if there's somebody else, you know, let me know. We could blame it on me. You could leave, be happy. It's going to sting. And she said no. So I, I believed her, but uh, I, I knew something was up. What I heard was uh, devastating. Uh, you know, I found out she was uh, actually seeing her boss. And uh, not only that, she was waiting for the tax return to come. And uh, she has gambled $43,000 of my money away. I went to the bank thinking, you know, hey, I'm gonna, I'm gonna withdraw some money, you know, just to pay some bills so we could go our separate ways and stuff like that. But there was nothing in there. She totally wiped it out. Then I asked for the taxes back, which I never saw, and uh, found out later her dad forged my name on the taxes so I wouldn't find out how much she lost. I was like, man, we just got married six months ago in a church, you know, and we said vows. I, I just couldn't believe it, you know, but uh, I, uh, I couldn't take it. She was getting a little disgruntled, I, sh I should say, throwing stuff, so I had a restraining order placed, and uh, she uh, got kicked out of the house. She moved back with her parents. So during that time, we went to court, and I couldn't be the bad guy. You know, I couldn't go with it because she was a probation officer. So uh, she would lose her job. And I was like, you know, just let it go. Her dad's forging, just let it go because then it would have just drug out further. I wanted it to be done, but uh, I drove home and I already had in my mind what I was going to do. I, I just wanted to be done. And, uh, I drove into the garage and uh, I shut the garage. I left the car running. And uh, I think it was uh, three and a half hours I sat in the garage with the car running. And I mean, my skin was burning, but it just wasn't happening fast enough. So uh, I remember being mad at God at that time, and I, I just knew he was there, but I just, I was mad at him. And uh, I said, where are you at now? You know, and I sat in front of the exhaust, and that's all I remember. When they found me, I guess it was, uh, the fire department got called because my sister-in-law came over to see how I was taking everything. And, and I, I don't know who to, who to this day called the fire department, but they broke in the window. They got me. They, uh, they found me. I had no pulse at the time. And they kick-started me again, I guess. And uh, I remember them loading me in the ambulance. The first thing I remember was the guy asked me, the ambulance guy asked me, he goes, hey, uh, what'd you do? I said, an incident in the garage. You know, that's all I said. He looked at the charts and he said, uh, so yeah, you, you were ready to quit, huh? And I said, uh, yeah. 
he sat there and he goes, well, do you know Jesus? I was like, man, it's crazy. But at that time I was, I was, I was mad. Were you still angry? Yeah, I was still angry. I was mad that they, they pulled me out. They stopped me from doing what I was set out to do. He drove me to one hospital to get my vitals right. That ambulance driver waited for me outside, and he hauled me to another one because they had to deoxidize my system because I had so much carbon dioxide in my skin. Then they took me to another hospital, and that, ho that ambulance driver still waited outside for me. Is that unique? I, mean, I, I don't know. I mean, uh, that, that was crazy because every stop he did, he wanted to talk to me about God some more. And it didn't click. You know, nothing clicked. Like, it was just he wanted to see how I was doing. He wanted to talk about God. That's all I took it. After that, I turned to drinking. You know, they, they kept monitoring me, but as soon as the monitoring went off, I went back to the bars. And uh, all the friends I had at that time, that was their cure. You know, let's go drinking. We'll set you up with some girls. You know, that was, that was the cure for me. And uh, I moved up here. It was hard because my dad was uh, here in Indiana because uh, my dad was ill at the time and uh, I didn't want to. And my job was transferring up here, so I, I, had, I had to leave everything behind. And I think that's, that was the healing process for me because uh, I quit drinking. I, you know, everything just dropped. I, I think that's the biggest part. I, I rehash things that I've done are failed at and uh, and with alcohol on top of that bad combination there so for me anyway do you feel healed from the continual feeling of failure um yeah I, I to a certain extent I know it's there you know I know it's there it's a uh, it's, I, I think it's, it's a roller coaster ride with it, but I know where to go. You know, I know where to go now when I feel that way. It, I, I mean, I'm not gonna say I don't, I don't know if it's ever gonna go away, cause maybe it will tomorrow, you know. But uh, I, I still feel like it, but I just, I, I know where to go. Bible, something positive, you know, and, uh, and that's where I go, to my happy place. So that's what I call it now. I have my ups and downs. I'm not gonna say that uh, everything has went away. The, the, the path, you know, I, I've told my wife my, my volleys that I go through and she could tell. So she's a good companion on that and she knows how to tweak it. It's never gone back to the alcohol and those weird things.
did you ever, like, you just never talked to the ambulance driver again? That is the weirdest question. I tried looking that guy up. Can't find him. They don't know who showed up on that thing. I, I, try, I didn't look very hard. I, I, I'm pressing that. But when I did, they should have had it on record who showed up on my house, you know, and they can't, they, they don't know who it is. I, I would like to find him, you know, because I want him to know that he was an impact on me because I never forgot, you know, his passion towards what I just went through. You know, he was, he, he, I mean, I, you know, he was talking about God, I, you know, in an ambulance when I was not uh, saying choice words to him, basically to shut up, you know, so, but he was still with a calm voice just telling me about him, you know, and that was crazy to me. So many people don't see the change in people, what you're doing, and he didn't see it at that moment, you know, because boy, I was giving him a bumpy ride in that ambulance, you know, but uh, he definitely changed, changed my, uh, my life to the better. Looking back now, I, I think God showed up through that ambulance driver. My last thing out of my breath that I remember was, where are you now, sarcastically. Growing up, I was always taught he's always there. And so it was sarcastically said, God's there. You know, I mean, he, 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 he gets you out. And uh, I know you don't, you know, at, at that time, you don't want to hear it because I didn't want to hear it. And I'm telling you, you got to give it a chance because that's, that's what bailed me out because I was miserable. I was, um, I was at the bottom. It really didn't dawn on me until many years later. I was like, man, looking back on, he didn't have to ride all those places, you know? He didn't, and then the way he talked about God, you know, it was just, wow. Happiest day of my life. I just woke up one day and I said to my, well, his girlfriend, but wife, told her, let's get married. And I, and I say that because she waited 10 years for me to get over the past. And I, I couldn't shake it. And uh, there were so many times we set it up and uh, it never happened. So we just went down to the courthouse and I said, let's, let's do it. And it was awesome because I felt, I felt like the past was gone. You know, this is a new beginning. We would like to thank this anonymous person for sharing a story. And we'd like to thank you for listening. Once again, if you or someone you know is contemplating suicide, call 1-800-273-TALK, 1-800-273-8255, or click the link in the show notes. Suicide is not a solution. 
because remember, he would not have had his best day if he had completed it. I'm Aaron Freinberger, and this is State Road 49. by Aaron Freinberger, Matt Willingham, and Garrett Schultz. It is executive produced by the Heartland Christian Center. Visit their website at hcc3d.com. That is hcc3d.com. This episode was recorded, edited, and mixed by Garrett Schultz. Music by Thomas Gillibas. For more information about the program, visit us at facebook.com stateroad49. This program was produced in Valparaiso, Indiana.